0: Blessings, everyone. I'm Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast, a place where we simply examine the Word of God and say, Lord, what is it you want to show us? Uh, I want us to jump into Galatians today. That's what we've been looking at of late. And we're learning so much from Galatians about how the body of Christ should function together. And also a, a very, very encouraging thing is the fact that when we see Other people in the scripture, we find out that they went through the same type of struggles. They experienced the same type of things, made the same mistakes uh, that we do. And particularly in this instance right here, this is really sort of an interesting thing. In the second chapter of Galatians, Paul is given an example about what happened in his life and how he had literally stood before Peter and had opposed him and how Peter stood condemned and it was because of hypocrisy. Peter had been acting hypocritical. And I dare say, that every one of us at some point in time in our life, and probably some point in time this week, have either done something or thought something along the line of a hypocritical act, a hypocritical deed. Might have been a little thing, might have been a big thing. But anyway, Paul is communicating this to uh, the churches at Galatian. He wants them to see something, he wants them to see what happened. Uh, the whole point of this, let me just tell you before we get finished with the story, is that Paul is showing them. Hey, if I am as I am being falsely accused, in other words, if I'm just trying to ingratiate myself to the powers that be in Jerusalem and to the people in Galatia, and I'm giving you a false gospel or an incomplete gospel, then why in the world would I stand in this way to one of the top men of the faith? Why would I do this if my total absolute goal wasn't the purity of the gospel message? And so that's the reason I think that he's given this example. So he, he told us when we saw this our last time together, that uh, Peter would eat with the Gentiles, would hang out with the Gentiles because they were all believers. Okay. They're all part of the body of Christ. But then certain men came from James, came from the mothership church in Jerusalem. And when they came the visit, Peter withdrew himself and he started to remain aloof. And the reason was that he feared the party of the circumcision. He feared those, and apparently these are true believers, okay? These are believers, but they're Jewish background, and he feared them, and so he withdrew. And I I don't think it was a subtle thing. It was something that was very obvious, and the reason we know that is because the next verse said, the rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy. When Peter did that, the rest of them felt free to join him in that. Even Barnabas, said, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. And so that, that just really gives us some insight and some understanding of the impact that we have, whether we know it or not, when we sort of stray away, when we step away from what the true gospel is. Now watch this. The next verse says this, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel. So this is Paul speaking. He said, when I saw how they were handling this, when I saw that they were not straightforward with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, Peter, in the presence of all, if you, being a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? He confronts Peter in front of everybody. Now, it's in the presence of all. Why did he do it in the presence of all? We're not told. Somebody might come back and say, well, aren't you supposed to do that Matthew 18 thing and go to your brother first, and if he doesn't repent, go with somebody else? Well, absolutely, we're supposed to do that. And perhaps Paul had done that. I don't know. I'm more inclined to think that since Peter did what he did in a very public way, and since he was who he was as such a key leader within the body, that the Spirit led Paul to deal with Peter in a very forthright, very open type way in the presence of all. And what he says is, hey, if you're a Jew and you're living like a Gentile, you have the freedom to do that. Then why in the world are you trying to compel the Gentiles to live like Jews, see there. There's some hint right there. Maybe even more than a hint with well, that word compel, right? But there's a, a, a you know when you think hypocrisy and everybody joined him, you think that they're just sitting at another table having lunch. But there's something more to this. I think. I think more than likely Peter was being drawn in and getting caught up with the powers that be that had come and visited in, uh, from Jerusalem. And you know, and let me tell you folks, I see this uh, in gatherings of church leadership. They'll sit there and they'll be talking about the body of Christ that they're shepherding, that they're leading, and they'll talk about those people. They'll talk about those people. In other words, I'm not a part of it, okay? There's a plausible distance and deniability relationally that is there. And it's usually not done intentionally. It's just spoken of in a particular kind of way, which is actually rather heartbreaking. And I can sort of see that what might be going on right here, that Peter is sort of being drawn into some things right here. You know, like, well, maybe it would be good if they were circumcised, you know. And you can literally make an argument for it because, remember, Paul did circumcise Timothy. Timothy was half Jew and half Greek. And for the good of the kingdom, because he knew he'd be going into synagogues and going into uh, Jewish environs, for the good of that, he circumcised Timothy. Now, he didn't mandate it and command it. Timothy submitted himself to that. Paul brought it to him, and Timothy said, yeah, I'll do that. But it's for the good of the kingdom. And you can see how people could nearly start rationalizing like that, and next thing you know, you're doing what? You've stepped away from the truth of the gospel, and you're trying to get the Gentiles to live like you live. So let me read a couple more verses here before our time runs out. Verse 15 says this, We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Now, some people believe that... uh, All that Paul said to Peter was just the first part of this little statement of verse 14. And then the rest of it, he's uh, speaking to everybody. I think he spoke it to Peter, and I think he's speaking it to us. And he's saying this, okay, you and I share a common heritage. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Jews always called Gentiles. Anybody else, anything other than a Jew was referred to as a sinner. So he said, we were Jews and we were not sinners from among the Gentiles. But then he says this, nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. That right there, folks, is a foundational, foundational verse within the Scripture, is it not? I mean, it is profound. And As a matter of fact, our next time together, we'll start right there and sort of pick some things up. But I want us just to see what he was saying. He's saying, okay, we're Jews by nature. In other words, we had this covenant uh, relationship. We had this covenant promise. We weren't as sinners. But nevertheless, we know that man is not justified by the works of the law. He's telling him, you know this. We've been through this. You know that it's through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the reason you believe. And that when you believe that you're justified by faith in Christ, you're not justified by the works of the law. And he says, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. And so the point that he's making with them is if you're not justified by the works of the law, then why are you wanting to go back to the works of the law? Okay, He'll actually build on this as we go, but it boils down to this. If you're not justified by the works of the law, then how are you going to be sanctified by the works of the law? If you didn't receive salvation by the works of the law, what makes you think that you're going to grow in that salvation by the works of the law? I tell you, it's a very common thing today because whether we want to believe it or not, a lot of what we do is oriented around the work of the law, the work of man and not around the grace of the Most High God. Uh, Take these things before God, as I always tell you to do. Meditate upon it, reflect upon it. Ask the Lord. uh, Be Berean with it. Check the scripture back and forth. But then, really examine yourself and ask the Spirit to examine you. Am I doing the deeds of the flesh, or am I manifesting what we'll see later on in chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit? I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.